there, everybody. This is Mr. P with Mr. P Explorers. And if you are checking in right now, you are here for yet another episode of Mr. P's Tales from the Road. It is Saturday morning, and I have just woken up from a long slumber. Guys, I've got to tell you, uh, I don't think I've ever had a school year begin where I am this exhausted. Uh, it's been crazy so far this week, but I am here nonetheless to tell you guys some stories today. Uh, I will I will totally be honest with you guys. I have never... Uh, encountered a group this this frenetic and this full of energy so it, it's, it's, it takes some getting used to um i have been uh working it hard this week so I, I have just gotten around to doing the podcast today on saturday usually i do it sometime in the middle of the week but uh we are here late uh, better late than never that's what i'm saying um as i was telling some people it's kind of funny because uh, I, I, if you're an explorer, you know this, right? You can go out all weekend and spend from sunup to sundown climbing through buildings and, and uh, walking around, walking you know, countless uh, flights of steps and taking photos and, and running around town all day in 95 plus heat. You know, you can do all those things. And at the end of the day, you, you're tired, but you, you feel pretty good. Well, th- this <laughs> working one day with 109 adolescent kids, um, I've never felt this much. Like I felt like I got hit by a bus. Like I, I could, I could explore every day and not feel this tired. It's bizarre. Uh, so hopefully we'll we'll kick into things here and and be fine. But um, anyway, uh, hopefully everybody's doing well. Uh, we we are only a couple weeks away from September here, which means fall weather is on its way. Oh, I can't wait to explore in some fall weather. If you're like me, you uh, you sweat profusely when you're out there in the heat, and it'll be nice to put on a hoodie and, and not do that. So fall weather's on its way, guys. I cannot wait to shoot the colors this year. I'm hoping I catch it. I'm hoping we have a, a nice peak season uh, photography-wise. We will see. Today, I would like to jump into an area that I have not talked about yet uh, on our adventures and uh, it's a place that's kind of off the beaten path. It's a place that that I, I don't hear a lot of people posting from, or see a lot of people posting from. Um, and and it's 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 kind of a rural uh, place that that I I have not been often, and and I'd like to go back to. And that is the mountain state of West Virginia. I have many a story I'm going to tell you guys today uh, from West Virginia. We probably won't even get to all of them today. Um, West Virginia, the mountain state, uh, you know, home of mountain mamas and, and country roads, as John Denver so eloquently once sung to us. Uh, I have a couple crazy stories from there that we'll get into. Um, I, I, I've been to West Virginia multiple times, mostly to hit Point Pleasant. I've been to Point Pleasant uh, right on the Ohio River uh, many a time uh, for Mothman-related things. Um, if you guys don't know yet, I, Mothman is one of my one of my favorite topics, especially this time of year as we get into that 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 anniversary, you know, in November of Mothman sightings beginning in Point Pleasant back in '67. Uh, don't worry, I've got a whole show planned for that. Uh, we'll be we'll be telling that story and, and talking Mothman stories uh, in November. But um, I've been I've been to Point Pleasant probably four or five times. It's an awesome place. Uh, but that's a whole other that's a whole other uh, podcast somewhere down the line. Uh, today I want to get into some of the adventures we've had deeper into West Virginia. Um, West Virginia is very different than anything you will encounter up here in in uh, the the northern part of the Rust Belt. You know, we Cleveland, Detroit, uh, Pittsburgh. I mean, Pittsburgh a little bit has this going on, but not not really. But uh, it, it's it, it, you know, up here where we're at. It's flat. All right, it's relatively flat. Michigan, Ohio, Wisconsin, Illinois, Indiana. It's flat. West Virginia is not. It is it is mountains. We're talking, you know, deep, 
uh, valleys and mountains. It's, it's the Appalachians. It's the Appalachian Mountains. It's very, very different than anything we've got going on here in Ohio. So, uh, as you can imagine, the adventures would be different. There's different types of abandoned buildings. There's different types of locations to explore. Um, very different than what you're used to here. And and not only that, you guys have heard me say this before, it is rural. Rural is a whole different ballgame when it comes to exploring uh, than is urban exploring. Urban exploring in cities, you know, most of the time people don't don't care what you're doing. They They don't, you know, as long as you're not bothering them, they will not bother you. You know, I've never had any problems in, 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 for the most part, in cities with people. You know, if you're not on their property, they will not bother with you at all. Uh, in rural situations, that is not the case. Uh, rural people are very territorial. They are very much into the whole private property. The, I mean, private property to them, That's even if it's not their property, it's somebody's private property, and they will fight you over it to make sure that you're not on it. Uh, it's it's just a different uh, different mentality down there. Um and uh, luckily, I mean, we never had anybody directly, you know, uh, come after us for that. But it just was a different vibe, and you knew you were being watched. You knew you were being, you know, you didn't see it, but you knew you were somebody was had their eye on you. So, um, like I said, I could tell a bunch of stories about West Virginia. I'm going to focus on three main ones today uh, that have to do with 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 just kind of some crazy situations. Um, I want to kind of start off with uh, our, our first main adventure down to West Virginia. This I think I want to say this happened back in 2020. No, I would say 20, uh, 2019. This was before COVID. All right. I don't even think I was shooting with with uh, my D three hundred yet. I don't think I had that yet. Uh, I was still do I was doing videos with my GoPro. I had this old Panasonic piece of junk that I was using. Uh, we traveled down to a place called Nuttleburg. Nuttleburg uh, was on the New River Gorge, so we're talking, uh, I, I can't say how far south it is from Charleston. Charleston's the capital of West Virginia. Uh, if you travel maybe an hour southeast of Charleston, that's where you'll get to the New River Gorge, and that is where Nuttleburg is. Uh, Nuttleburg was a coal mining uh, uh, town on, on the New River. Uh, built way back in the late 1800s, like post-Civil War, you know, uh, 1800s, uh, back when coal was being discovered in that area, when coal mines were being set up. Um, it wasn't a very big town. It was founded by a guy, an Englishman named John Nuttall, and he showed up and, and, and realized, man, there's some money to be made down here. And uh, he built a whole town, and sure enough, uh, he, he, his, his instincts were correct because they built a railroad through there, the New River Gorge, and it was right in the path of his town. So it became a hub for transporting coal in and out of the area. Um, it, it, you know, it, it was it was successful until the coal ran out. You know, we're talking a couple decades probably, uh, and then uh, the town just kind of blew away and disappeared, like many of them did. Um, if you've never been to the New River Gorge, it is beautiful. It is it is just this vast valley, you know, canyon with this raging river. It's it's known for its uh, white river. Uh, sorry, white river rafting. Have to say that correctly. All right, uh, rafting. Uh, you see that often. In fact, while you're exploring this place, you're you're very remote, but you can hear people cheering and laughing out on the river, like you know, like it's, it's this whole other world right on the river as you're in the, the middle of nowhere exploring. Um, it is a very remote area, all right? It's near Fayetteville, uh, West Virginia. Uh, I want to say it's US, U.S. 40, maybe, that goes through there. It's one of the main U.S. state routes. The, the, the New River Bridge goes right over the gorge. There's this huge arched bridge. If you look up New River Gorge Bridge, uh, you'll see what I'm talking about. It's this huge, beautiful 
Uh, it wasn't built that long ago. I want to say it was built maybe 20 years ago, something like that, uh, because before they built the bridge, it took forever to get around that area uh, because there's no straight lines. It's all it's all winding winding canyon roads, and you know to get anywhere to get one mile, it often takes like 20 miles. It's insane. Uh, but the New River Gorge Bridge is there. Uh, there's a, a neat little overlook there where you can take pictures and, and you know pose and, 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 and do your videos and drones and all that stuff. A really cool place. Um, just, just, just short of Fayetteville, just a little bit south of Fayetteville is where this bridge is at. Now, that's where the adventure begins, is right at this overlook. Okay, the overlook is right off the main state route, state route that crosses the river. Uh, you turn off of the main state route and you drive on what appears to be a normal road. Uh, to to get to uh, Nuttleburg, you 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 take the state this this road and it, it looks like any other road. It's got you know it's got the white lines, it's got the yellow line. You're 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 like okay, this isn't gonna be too bad. You know, I'll follow this down. Uh, and it's like a ten mile trip from that point to 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 the end of the road. All right, so we're driving and no problems. We can see some houses here and there, and then the houses start to disappear and the road loses its lines and the pavement becomes less nice as you go all right more and more patched up uh you know potholes that kind of thing um we began to go down into the gorge and uh once you get into the gorge there is no gps signal okay none all you can do is follow this road and figure out where you're going from there you know it's kind of all by wing you're winging it basically uh as we here's where things start to get crazy as we're going down this road um, there are, there are little towns, I, 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 well, I hesitate to call them towns, they're, uh, I guess what you'd call hamlets, little villages of, of people that are clustered down in there, um, who have probably been, their families have probably been in these little valleys, you know, for, for centuries, living, uh, you know, a little bit of farming, you know, they, they live off the land down there, they don't come out of those, what they call the hollers, uh, very often, alright, so this road goes down that way through some of these little towns, um, and again, calling them towns is kind of gracious. And again, I'm not, I'm not poking fun at these people. Um, it's a very poor area of the country. There's not, there's no job opportunities. There's no, the mines are all gone. Everything's, you know, it's just kind of, it's kind of dead. They kind of have to survive. So, you know, they've been there generation after generation in these little towns and, and the, the houses are roughly shacks. They're not, you know, there may be some trailers uh, in sad condition uh, with some shacks. It, 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 speaking of Fallout 76, it kind of reminds me of of that. Uh, you know, those little those little little survival communities. But as you drive through this, we were driving through on this this horribly rutted road, and uh, you could only probably do about 15 miles an hour because of the condition of the road. Uh, and as we're driving through, um, everybody was out in this little, these little towns and they were doing whatever they were doing, either, either working in a garden or they were just kind of standing there talking. And as you drive through, like everything stopped for them. They see this car, you know, inching through at 15 miles an hour that obviously wasn't from there, right? My little, my little Kia Rio is, is not what they're accustomed to seeing on these roads, right? We're talking pickup trucks, you know, heavy duty, you know, it's, it's, that's West Virginia. Uh, and just every, it's, it's kind of like one of those movies where, where someone walks into a bar and like the, the jukebox stops and everybody stops talking and they all look, you know, at you coming in and like everything stops. Right. Uh, and it was just, it was a kind of a, a hills have eyes moment. It was creepy because these people just, just were standing there just watching the car go by. There was no, 
Uh, no reaction, no affect on faces. I mean, they were all kind of standing close to the road. They just kind of stood there watching us go by. And it was the creepiest feeling. I, like the hair went up on the back of my neck as we passed through a couple of these towns. Um, nobody did anything. Nobody said anything. Nobody came after us or followed us. But it was just creepy. Uh, I don't know how else to explain it. Um, now, once we got past the last of these little villages, that's when things uh, continued to go downhill, literally go downhill for us. Um, we had a, a road close sign come along. You know, there was this road close sign uh, on the road, but you could kind of still go around the road close sign. So we figured, well, maybe we can still get down to the, the, the parking lot at the end of this. Um, well, shortly after that road close sign, we found out why, why that sign was there. Uh, the road turned to gravel. All right, it became a gravel road, a, a very skinny, poorly traveled road. And my poor car wasn't having it, but I continued to drive like an idiot. <laughs> All right, so we kept going down this hill, and within a few minutes you know, of doing like, we're doing like probably five, ten miles an hour. That's how fast you could do this because it's winding. It's along the cliffside. You know, you're looking up on one side, you have uh, the, the mountain going up, and you're going, you're going down. And on the other side of your car, where the, the driver's side is, you see, you know, hundreds of foot drop-off down into the gorge. You know, trees and boulders, and, and it's all winding along the side of, of, of the gorge. Um, we came along this curve, and there was a partial washout, which meant basically half the road wasn't there. Right, half the road had had washed down in a rainstorm or whatever into the gorge. Okay, so <laughs> my my girlfriend's like, ah, oh, maybe we should turn around. Well, there's no way to turn around. There's no this is you're, you're you'd have to back up all the way the way you just came. You couldn't you could not uh, do a, like a three point turn and turn around and and leave. You had to go to the end and turn around and come back. So I. Against my better judgment, took my car and drove past this washout. And I swear to God, by all that's holy, all right, I had maybe six inches between my tire and, and death. Literally, there was probably six inches between me and my car going to the bottom of this gorge in a fiery wreck, uh, killing us both. But we made it. We made it past, you know, quickly. And the rest of the ride down wasn't too bad. It just took forever. Like I said, this was a 10-mile stretch just to get like a mile or two. That's how it works in West Virginia. But finally, we get to the bottom of the, the, uh, the, the, the road, and there, looking very strangely, it just kind of out of place, is this, this uh, paved parking lot, like a nice national park parking lot with like uh, informational signs and parking spaces. And uh, I'm thinking to myself, why, why didn't they fix the whole road then? It would have been great. Uh, but we park, and we're the only ones there. There's nobody else there. We have the whole place to ourselves. Uh, we get out and we start looking around, and uh, Nuttleburg is kind of cool. There's lots of ruins there, lots of foundations, and lots of old like stone steps going you know, from what used to be you know into, into people's homes, and uh, it's all very overgrown. Uh, but the, but the, the the crown gem of the place is the coal tipple. All right, at one point there was a mine higher up on the mountain, and there was this giant. Uh, kind of curved conveyor belt, like a covered conveyor belt that came all the way from the top of the mountain down to where the railroad cars would have been by the river. So imagine this huge arched, uh, 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 kind of like a, like a cover, like a long, long, long covered bridge uh, on stilts that came down the side of the mountain, kind of like at a rounded angle. And it ended at this coal tipple, right? These conveyor belts would bring the, the coal down and the coal would, would drop into train cars. The train cars would take the coal away. Repeat. All right, so the structure was still there. 
uh, and the structure was so cool. Uh, you could climb up inside of it. There were, uh, you know, some of the conveyor belts were still there. Uh, a lot of it was rusted and, and uh, you know, in sad shape. But uh, to, to their credit, the National Park System did do a decent renovation job. I guess back in, I want to say, 20, 2011, um, the National Parks went down there and they stabilized the structure and they repainted a lot of it. It's not when it first became part of the National Parks. I guess it was a wreck. It was it was in pretty it was in pretty sad shape, but. When we saw it, uh, you know, all the trees had been cleared away from it, and uh, a lot of the shrubbery had been cleaned, cleaned away. You could get underneath it. Um, the railroad tracks were still there underneath it. It was a cool place. It was really cool. Uh, we didn't get to see the top part. Um, I, I guess you can, you could, <laughs> you could park at the very top and and see the, uh, the, the the coal center where they would dump the coal in. But uh, I've always vowed to go back to Nuttleburg, and I probably will at some point. It was an awesome place. Uh, hopefully this time with somebody that has four-wheel drive, because that, that drive was a nightmare. Uh, we went back We went back up. At, we spent maybe three hours there. Uh, the, the, one of the cool things there was the, comp- the old company store foundation was still there, right? And it, it built everything out of sandstone, you know, stone. So most of that building had been a sandstone building with, uh, you know, door entryway. So you walk into this this foundation, and inside of the foundation was an actual, the remains of an old rusted refrigerator. Uh, like something you'd see in a store where you open it up, and it's like a freezer box, and you take stuff out of it. You can, you know, take your TV dinners out of there, if you're familiar, right? Well, that was still down there, and it was all rusted beyond all belief but it was kind of cool to see this is this is where these miners would have gotten their food this was the company store you couldn't leave the mining area and go somewhere else and get your stuff everything was bought and and purchased at this this company store right which was kind of abusive in some ways uh when the the the, the company paid you and they took your money right back from you um, but that's how that was back in those days. Anyway, so we went back up the hill. This time around, we didn't see anybody outside. We went through these little towns again, and nobody was out. Almost like they had all just scattered inside. Like they knew we were coming. They all ran away, and it was it was eerie. It was so creepy to go back through. I think it was even creepier going back through because you didn't see anybody, right? I was waiting. Are they gonna? What are they gonna do? Like ambush us? They know we're down here. Are they gonna? Are they gonna cut us off? And like, are we gonna get eaten for dinner tonight? I don't know. Um, now again, I'm generalizing. I know that these people are probably very nice people. They're very, they're probably very hospitable uh, once they get to know you. But uh, it was just creepy. It was creepy, and I was so glad to hit the two lane road once we finally got past all that. Once we, once the tires finally hit pavement again, I was like, oh, thank God. Uh, but it was a cool, it was a cool adventure. Nuttleburg is definitely worth checking out if you if you have a chance to get down there and you've you've got uh, the the right vehicle for it. By all means, do it. All right. Um, another story I got for you guys has to do with an amusement park. Because who doesn't love an abandoned amusement park? All right. Um, this was in 2020. This was the winter of 2020. This was before COVID hit. Uh, this was before, um, we even knew what COVID was. It was still cold out. Um, it was January, right? And we decided to go down into West Virginia. A friend of mine and I, uh, luckily he has a Jeep (laughs) this time around. We traveled down, uh, to... A, uh, to some place south of Charleston, like far south. This was like the southern part of the country, of the, of the of the state, like down towards. We were we were not that far from West Virginia, or sorry, from Virginia itself, uh, the southernmost part of West Virginia, before you hit Virginia. So way deep down in the southern part of the state. All right, um, and we had decided to go find this old mining town, 
Right? We woke up that morning uh, at the crack of dawn. It was still dark out. We get into his Jeep. We pile all of our stuff in there, and we go to find this old mining town where there were some mining buildings and some ruins. We figured we'll get there early, and we'll take some pictures, and we'll start heading back towards Ohio, you know, the long stretch towards Ohio. Um, so we, again, we, we're, we're cruising down the highway. We're like, yeah, this is going to be great. And, uh, you know, we get off at our exit and just like Nuttleberg, right, the road continually gets smaller and smaller. You know, we keep making turns and, and, and following the GPS and, uh, the GPS has us going down and again into this, into this, uh, valley area where there's like a river and a little town. The town itself was called Jenkins Jones. Uh, one word, Jenkins Jones, like Jenkins and Jones combined together, Jenkins Jones. Uh, and it was the home of, I want to, oh, it was called the Pocahontas Mining Company, all right? And, and it's been closed for a long, long time, but we're talking turn of the last century, right? Jenkins Jones. And again, it was a coal mining town. Uh, they took coal out of the ground. They shipped it out. That's what they did. Um, now, to get there, you had, again, to take this this crazy, long, winding road through the middle of nowhere. And there, you know, once the GPS cuts out, you're on your own. All you can do is follow the map that's in the memory of your phone. Uh, so we start driving down this road. And again, it's two lanes, it's two lanes, then there's no, no lines, and the road gets worse. It turns to gravel, and then it just stops. Okay, <laughs> the GPS shows the road continues, but uh, there's no pavement. Uh, what we see in front of us is basically a drive-at-your-own-risk sign, and beyond that is this rough mountain trail right, that used to be a road. It was probably the way that the trucks used to come in you know, 100 years ago uh, when they were hauling coal out of this place. Uh, it goes down into the valley, and it follows the curve of the, of, of the side of the mountain, um, and it shows us it's like two miles to the town. We're like, we can't, we can't drive over this. There's no way. Like this isn't even this isn't even a road. I mean, we're talking like the, the the water had eroded the road to the point where the bedrock was like coming out of it. Like it was like bedrock uh, as part of the road. It was like it was not a smooth surface like at all. It was like the anti-smooth. All right. Now my friend, being crazy like he is, he's like hell with that man. I got a jeep. All right. He puts it into four wheel drive and he starts to drive down this old mountain road. All right. There's no way my car would have ever even gotten five feet on this road. He's got this jeep. And I'm like, we're, we're going to die. We're going to die. Because we are, again, we're feet from 100 feet, you know, hundreds of feet drop down into this river valley. And here we are, like, barely, like, we're just, we're just kind of moving along. And, like, it just, it, I've never felt this jostled in my life. Like, it felt like my brain was going gonna, to gonna rattle loose. That's how crazy this road was. Uh, and we're, we're doing literally, like, probably two miles an hour. All right. It took us a long time to get to the bottom of this thing. And I, there were there were moments when I'm like, this is where they're going to find our bodies. They're going to find our bodies in, in, in burnt wreckage at the bottom of this this mountain. You know, someone's going to come looking for us and they're going to find us, you know, in, in a year or so. And that's that's where they're going to find our skeletons at the bottom of this 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 river gorge in, in the wreck of his Jeep. But here's what's weird. At the end of this, at the, you know, after we've gone down into this gorge. Again, like the road just starts up again out of nowhere. It's like paved. It's like no road, and then boom, you've got pavement again. It was the weirdest thing. I never, I don't know what was going on there, but like the road obviously hadn't been repaired or fixed or rebuilt in decades 60, 70 years, maybe. I don't know. But we finally get down into Jenkins Jones, and Jenkins Jones was kind of a terrifying place. It was early in the morning, and it was dead quiet. 
right? It was it was it was mostly trailers, double wide trailers for the people that lived there. It was uh, old 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 houses, right, from the coal mining days. Uh, just and and it was dead silent. There was all, all all there wasn't even any smoke coming out of these houses. It was bizarre. It was like it had been abandoned the day before, and everybody had turned off the lights and just left. That's what it felt like. Like there was no movement, no anything. All you could you could hear yourself breathe when you got out of the car. That's all you could hear. Uh, there wasn't even any breeze because it was down in this this holler, right? Uh, it was frost all over the ground. The sun had just come up. It was very quiet. It was very eerie. It was very creepy. Like again, the hair on the back of my neck was up. It just didn't feel. It felt unnatural. You know, being from a city or the suburbs, you're used to hearing noise. Even early in the morning, you can hear things. People, you know, dogs barking. You can hear uh, people getting out of their cars to go to work. You, you can hear that stuff. Down here, you couldn't hear it. All right. Um, so we get out and we explore these old mining buildings, right? And uh, you know, as we're you know we're, we're there about an hour, and as we, we we still hear nothing. We hear nothing at all. No cars. No movement. Nothing. Uh, and that's you know as we're as we're getting ready to to come out to start shooting the outside of these buildings, we hear dogs, dozens of dogs, and we're talking you know we're talking hound dogs here. We're not talking little, little poodles or chihuahuas here. We're talking big hunting dogs you know that people have down down in that region. You know that's what they have. They have their big old hound dogs, and uh, we, we start hearing howling, and all of a sudden all of them start howling. Like one, it was started with one, and then there were a few, and then it was like all the dogs in the entire valley started howling. They knew we were there; we were the only ones making any noise. So we assumed that it was it was uh, you know because we were there. Um, so we decided to get our shots and, and 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 get done as fast as we could. And when we were heading back to the jeep, this is when we notice that there are a bunch of these dogs just kind of trotting down the main street towards us. There's like a, it was like a, like, a, like a pack. Of, of of hound dogs that people must have just maybe they just are they stay outside I don't know uh, and they were kind of just trotting towards us you know uh, not not barking not growling but like coming towards us in this this like almost smallish horde of dogs right and that's when my buddies like get in the car we're leaving uh, we're not dealing with dogs I don't want to deal with dogs and I was right there with them so we we got in that jeep and uh, luckily. There was another way out of this town. We didn't realize that there was another paved road that led in and out of this town, uh, a normal road. Uh, for some reason, uh, Google didn't take us down that road. So we, we got on that road, and we just started driving. We had no idea where we were going. We didn't have GPS. We had to drive probably 20 miles out of this valley before we could get one bar and figure out where the hell we were supposed to go next. So it was quite the adventure. You know, we passed, we passed all these old little burned out towns. Uh, it was, it was not, it was very surreal. It was not like exploring in the North. I'll tell you that. So um, if you ever venture down that way, be ready for that. It's, it's just, it's crazy. It's a crazy, crazy thing. Um, all right. One last story for you guys. And this, this has to do, this is, I, I, I got off my topic. This is about the amusement park. All right. I had to tell this story to, to tell the amusement park story. Um, uh, when we were coming back from, from, from Jenkins Jones, all right, that's when we had, we had set up an appointment to go visit an actual, uh, I, ha I can't really call it abandoned because it's owned by somebody, but it is a, 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 a lost amusement park called Lake Shawnee Amusement Park. 
All right. Uh, Lake Shawnee Amusement Park is, uh, again, it's, it's down towards the, the edge of the state line, down towards Virginia. Uh, there's not a lot going on down there. But it was a, an amusement park that had been built in the 1920s, the early 1920s. And it was built uh, along this, this nice freshwater, you know, spring of a lake. Uh, and it was built for the coal mining families. The coal mining families would go there. It was like a picnic spot and a swimming spot. And, um, you know, you could go there and, and fish. And, and they had cabins and all kinds of things to do there. And, you know, on the weekends, that's where the coal mining families would go and hang out. Um, it, uh, it, it was a popular spot and they, they were known for their Ferris wheel. They had a Ferris wheel there, an old fashioned wooden, wooden and metal Ferris wheel, not a huge Ferris wheel. All right. Not like Cedar point Ferris wheel, but a, but a large Ferris wheel. And, uh, and, uh, what we today will call the flying swings, like a, a, a ride that had the swings and it would, it would rotate and the swings would kind of, you know, centrifugal force would push you out and you'd fly around on these swings. Those were the action rides. Okay, they weren't any. There was no coasters, nothing like that. But these were the two the two main attractions at this place. All right, it was not a it was a mom and pop run place. All right. Um, now things were great until the 1950s. They started having a rash of deaths at Lake Shawnee. All right. Uh, this first one kind of gets me. I'm not quite sure how this would have worked, but according to the story, there was a little girl who was uh, waiting to take her ride on these, these flying swings. And for some reason, a delivery truck somehow um, backed into her and killed her while she was sitting there waiting. I'm not quite sure how that would work. I'm not sure why a delivery truck would be right next to a, a, a flying swing ride. But that, that is what happened. All right, and this poor little girl died. Um, tragic. All right, uh, they had they had another another little boy died in the swimming pool. Um, he got sucked into the pump, or the, sucked his his arm got sucked into the pump, and he, he it it killed him somehow. I don't know if it was electrical shock or what it was. He died, and they just started having people die, and and slowly it just it, they closed the park. They decided the liability was too much. They closed the park. Um, the coal mines were failing anyway, so they, they the, the the people weren't going there anymore. So the owners closed the park, you know, and it was it was abandoned. It was closed in uh, 1966, and they just kind of left it there to to decay. Um, and for 20 years, that's how it was. All right, until the 1980s, somebody bought it and decided to try to bring it back to its former glory. At least, you know, rebuild the rides and make it kind of a a destination. Um, and uh, they they did bring people in, and for three years, it was a hit. Um, one of the things that happened there that was a big event, I guess, was mud bogging. Uh, we, as was explained to us, mud bogging is where you take your souped up cars and you drive through mud to see who can get to the end of the, you know, the mud, the muddy, watery pit. All right. They, they pour water into these mud pits and they take their cars in there and, you know, by power of, of your car is to drive through these mud pits and get to the end without sinking, I guess. That was what they did there. Um kind of crazy but uh you know fishing was a big deal there still uh, so people were going to this amusement park and then just you know the 1980s was not a good time economically and they just couldn't couldn't hold the line and they had to close it again and um uh, that's that was the end of the park um now for years people still did the mud bogging there they still used the property for that but um the ferris wheel and the swings are still there and uh as of right now you can still take tours of that and that's what we did this day. We we had driven from Jenkins Jones. We went all the way to uh, to this place. It was probably an hour or two away uh, to get there. 
and uh, to, to, to take the tour or to, to, to be able to walk around, we had to talk to one of the owners. The owner uh, was this nice lady who met us. Um, it was kind of strange. She didn't. She doesn't do tours in the winter. This was in the middle of winter, but uh, my buddy convinced her, called her up and convinced her to, to meet us, and um, she gave us the tour. There was no snow on the ground, so it wasn't too cold, so she was like, yeah, I, I can do that. So we met up with her, and she spent about an hour and a half telling us the history of this place, and she had photos, like books and books of photos of old. It was really cool um, to see. You know, part of me was jonesing to get to, to shoot this place and run around and, and do that. But part of me wanted to hear all these stories. She had tons of stories. She had grown up at this park. She had photos galore and all the history that, that went down there. Um, it was pretty cool. Uh, I, I kind of felt bad for her. Um, I, I, I Her husband had, had passed away. You know, they had both been working to kind of bring this place back. And she, you know, was just kind of on her own. Uh, her kids would come visit her, that kind of thing. Um so I think she just loved to have somebody to talk to. We were there to talk to, and she did. We, she talked her ears off, and we let her. All right, it was just kind of a kind of a thing. You knew she she was wanting to tell her story, so you just kind of sit back and, and let them do that. Um, but anyway, once we were done with that, she let us run around. She, we had run of the whole park. We could go anywhere. She basically said, "Well, you know, I'll be in the main house up up at the front. You guys can go wherever you want. Uh, just don't die or get hurt." Right? We had to sign a waiver, um, and off we went and. This place had a serious vibe to it. Um, I, I don't mean to get woo-woo on you here, but it definitely had a feeling of, 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 of watchfulness. You know, it felt like there was energy there. There were, there were, there were, there were energies there. It was, a, it was a, an energy-high place. Um, not a negative energy place, but just a watchful energy. Like, like there, were, there were maybe, who knows, there could have been spirits there watching us. I don't know. Um, maybe it was the spirit of that little girl. I have no idea. Um, but we, we uh, you know, as we were shooting, um, the swings especially had a, uh, a definite energy about them. And people had left little trinkets and little little things for this little girl. There were, there were like little little dolls left behind and all kinds of little memorials that had been built around this uh, that people had left behind for her. So uh, is she still there? I don't know. Maybe she is. Um, according to the stories, every once in a while on a still day, those, one of the swings will move when none of the other swings are moving. It'll kind of move back and forth, and all the rest of them will be still. And supposedly that's her. I don't know. Um, we didn't see anybody or anything, but I, I, I myself personally felt vibe there. My buddy didn't feel anything, but I, I felt watched. You know, just an interesting watch. You know, people, some, something was interested in us and was watching us. Um, there, uh, there was a school bus there that I, I guess the the the. Um, the owner who had passed away, the, this lady's husband, uh, had converted into kind of like a workshop. It was like an old school bus he had taken the seats out of and had put a couple of tables and chairs. And that was kind of like his workshop where he would work on things. Um, and when he passed away, you know, the, the, the bus was still there. And you can climb up inside of this bus, but people have seen him. According to stories, people have seen him uh, out of the corner of their eyes sitting there, kind of like just kicking back in one of the chairs. They'll turn around, look back. He's gone. Um and I kind of got that vibe there too. There was a definitely a, 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 a kind of a warm energy in that in that place, uh, in that in that school bus. Um, I forgot to mention uh, this woman told us the story of of you know, when the park closed. Archaeologists found uh, evidence of of Native Americans living there. The, the Shawnee tribe, which lived in that area, had had encampments there. And I guess back in colonial times, there had been some uh, some some scuffles with with the settlers and. 
uh, settlers had been murdered there by the Native Americans for for well for pissing them off. I'm sure the I'm sure the settlers had done something to in- encourage it. All right, because that's what settlers did back then, being assholes. All right, they they probably did something to the local tribe. The local tribe took some revenge and and uh, killed a whole family. Uh, you know, mom, dad, kids uh, killed them all, and that happened on that site. So I'm sure that that leads to having some of that energy around. All right. Uh, the Ferris wheel was the crowning gem. That was awesome because it was it was all wrapped in vines. Like vines had completely wrapped around this Ferris wheel. Um, you could still see all the old uh, all the old seats. They were all painted red and yellow, but completely rusted up. And the vines just twined throughout this whole thing. It made for amazing shots. Um, I I really want to go back to this place someday and reshoot it. Uh, it's a really cool place. If you ever get a chance, take the tour. By all means, look it up. Lake Shawnee. Uh, amusement park down in West Virginia. Uh, you can you can set up a, a a tour, and she will let you roam around the grounds and see whatever you want to see. You can stay as long as you want until dark. Um, I think they actually have ghost hunts there too in, in the summertime, so you can do that if you if you're into that kind of thing and you want to do some uh, EVP work. You can do that. Um, what else was it? Oh yeah, one other thing that was strange about Lake Shawnee was later on in time they had created this. Uh, uh, Halloween uh, maze um, using all kinds of old crates and materials and just all this old stuff jumbled together, old cars and buses and things. And <laughs> that, of course, was there to walk through um, off-season. And it was the creepiest thing ever because here you've got, like, mannequins that are, like have masks on and, like, just this creepy, macabre stuff hanging from the walls. It looked like a cult, you know, a cult had been through there. Obviously, it was for Halloween, but like, off-season, it just was so out of place to walk through this, this, this Halloween maze. Um, I have some photos of that. Um, actually, I have, I have a couple of things for you guys. If, if you're interested, if, if you go to my YouTube channel, you can see the Nuttleberg, uh, Nuttleberg video. I have that on there if you guys want to see what that was like. I forgot to mention that earlier. Um, but again, in closing here, I know I'm almost past my time here. I'm, I'm, I'm coming up on 40 minutes. I don't want to overdo it for you guys this week. We have plenty of time for other stories later. But uh, West Virginia, there's lots of stuff to see there. Uh, the three places that I, I've talked about today are worth the trip to go see. Uh, just watch out for the hound dogs down in the holler in Jenkins Jones. All right. Um, <laughs> who knows what'll happen if they get you? I don't know. I don't want to find out. Um, but West Virginia is definitely a, a, a much different vibe than anywhere else I've ever explored. I, I recommend you go there. The people there are really cool. If, if you talk to the people there, uh, you will find that they are, they are just like anywhere else. They, 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 you know, they just want to make sure that you're not there to do them any harm. Uh, and once you start talking to them, they will tell you all kinds of stories. They will tell you crazy stories. Um, so, yeah. So that's the end of today. Uh, I hope you guys enjoyed the stories. Uh, I got lots more uh, from West Virginia. We'll get to in another episode sometime. I hope everybody's having a great weekend. All right. Uh, enjoy. Uh, we'll catch you guys later on next week uh, if I'm still alive, if my kids don't kill me first. All right. Um, on that note, I'm going to give you guys a fond farewell here, a fond adieu. Have a great week, and we'll talk to you down the line. This is Mr. P signing off. <laughs>